Hello, and welcome to The Professor and the Drunk. Thank you for tuning in. Today, I will be your professor. And I will be your drunk. So, how have you been lately, drunk? You know, I've been, I've been cool. Same old, same old. Right. I can't, can't say the same. Or, I mean, I can say the same, I should say. Work's been kicking my ass, but what's new? Nah, for real. It's fucking work. <laughs> <laughs> so, today is going to be a bit of a weird episode. Because you didn't bring any topics, did you, drunk? Nope. I was topic out. I didn't think of anything. Fair enough. So today is going to be a special segment that we're going to do occasionally that I'm going to call the professor's insanities or the professor's inanities, whichever one you want prefer. Insanity sounds like a more word that I understand. Oh, okay. It sounds so bad, but (laughs) insanity sounds like a correct word. Okay. Okay. So first topic, because I saw an article on this. And I know you have no idea half the words that are about to come out of my mouth. Oh. But. <laughs> okay. So there is a science fiction writer from the 1900s. He's rather famous. He's actually called either the grandfather or the father, I can't remember, of science fiction. His name was Isaac Asimov. I thought you were going to say Isaac Eyes Newton or the dude. What was his name? Isaac something Newton. No. Somebody will understand what I'm trying to say. Something Isaac Newton. No, it's not Isaac Newton. But so Isaac Asimov, a lot of his science fiction revolves around robots, androids, you know, things like that. Okay. Like AI, super powerful AI. Mm-hmm. So Asimov, for his short stories, coined this thing called the Three Laws of Robotics. Ever heard of that? No. Okay, do you want to have a guess as to what the Three Laws of Robotics are? Um, don't fall in love with a robot. Don't have sex with a robot. And don't let a robot know your secrets. I'm like 99% <laughs> sure you could not be more wrong if you tried. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. I thought those were important rules. All right. I mean, rule for the first law. A robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. Mm. Second law. A robot must obey the orders given to it by a human's being, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. Okay. So that means, like, they can be given any, they must always follow through any order unless it would cause harm to a human. Okay. Third law. A robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with first or second law. So what I'm hearing is I was nowhere near close with the no. laws. <laughs> That's why I said you could not be more wrong if you tried. God, I was pretty sure I was going to be somewhat close, especially with the sex with the robot part. Uh-huh. So <laughs> I bring up these laws because I have a question for you. Hearing those three staples of laws for robots, do you think as we like move down the road of technology, we're getting robots, we're getting AIs, we're getting all kinds of stuff like that nowadays, when we get to a point where they will be start becoming sentient like that, do you think we should use those three laws? Okay, before I answer that question, the first one is you can't do any harm to a human. You cannot do any harm to a human or allow harm to come to a human by not acting. Right. Um, next one is you must always obey. Orders unless it is to, to cause harm to a human somehow. Okay, and the third one was what? It must protect its own existence as long as it can do so without breaking the first or second law. And you're asking me what? Should we use those rules with robots? Like once we create them, should that be hardwired into them to follow those D laws? Yeah, but the third law kind of worries me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like you're saying that he, the robot has to prove its existence. Like it has to survive. It has to protect itself unless protecting itself would harm a human or would go against the order it was given. Ooh. I mean, yeah, but like I said, the third one kind of like ticks me off a little bit because how how are they going to prove their existence? Not prove, protect. How are they going to protect? What's going to hurt them? It's a robot. So, believe it or not, there actually was a right answer to this question. It's not a philosophical question. And the right answer 
is no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason no is because of the exact reason why Asimov made those laws. What was the reason? All of those laws are, but like he created them to use in his short stories because he was a <coughs> science fiction story, short story writer. Yeah. Those laws were written in such a way as, like, as you said, like I had to go through them with you several times telling you this is what they mean. Right. But that's the point. They're written extremely vaguely so that they can be abused. Oh. Yeah. That's fucked up. Yeah, but that, that's only for the short stories. Like his, all, most of his robotic short stories are exploring this idea of like, this is why such extreme wording on these vague rules would be wrong. Because how do you define a robot? How do you define a human? How do you define protecting their existence? That's, I'm a little tripped up on. How, how are you protecting their, how, how are they going to protect their existence? Well, one day they're going to go extinct. Like their existence isn't like, the same way you and I would, like, if we see a threat coming to us, we'll do everything to protect our life. Oh, okay. Why does it matter? You're a robot. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm looking at. Like, why does it matter? We're going to protect. Literally, if something happens to that robot that is a threat to your life, I can just build another one. Yeah, but that's us. We're talking about the robot itself. I could this, not. And this is assuming we are, like, get to the point of ha- it having sentience. I couldn't watch a robot freak over it, the fact that his life is about to end. <laughs> I would have been like, dude, I'll just take you back to the shop. Right. But no, so that's that's what those laws are. Like it's like that's what that's what it comes down to in the end is like the vagueness. It's like, how do you define what a human is to a robot? That is true. How do you explain that? Exactly. To a robot. Like, and you can go like hardwired, be like, oh, well, a human is like, you know, X, Y, Z, like it has two arms, two legs, it's upright, it has sentience like you, it talks like you. And then at that point, you also have to realize it depends on how the robot is programmed. If you go from that, then as humans evolve, it'll start recognizing us as not human. Yeah, in some way, I feel like that's going to backfire on Exactly. That's because the... you can only describe a human so much. Exactly. And then there's, um, if you want to take it down a different connotation, I don't think Asimov ever explored it, but I've heard a lot of people say this as well. Like, let's say it's like, oh, well, a human has all these qualities, and but also is like this. Like, for instance, talks like you. Let's say the, hu- the robot was made by an English person. What if it then meets someone who doesn't speak English? It meets all the other qualities of being human, God. but does not <laughs> speak English. Would, yeah. the hu- would the robot then have enough sentience to say that it's still a human? Or would it follow its immediate vague law and be like, no, you're not a human? And then fuck them up. Exactly. That's terrible. That's yeah. why we don't need robots. Wait, question. So will the robots be like the robots that are being created today? The ones who have like skin like us and yeah. facial? That's, I mean, that's okay. Then how do you know when it's a robot? You don't. Like, what if I'm walking... One of us could be a robot right now, and yeah. I would have no fucking idea. So why... What's the point of setting... Yeah, I get it. No, because what's the <laughs> point of setting those rules? Because uh, one, clicked for Yeah, because, like, at one point, let's say I'm a robot, and I see you, and then I'm getting all these things in my head to be like, yeah, they look like you, act like you, da 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 So is it even a robot? Is it a human? <laughs> so, like, I can kill this guy. Yeah, exactly. Until, like... Open them up and see that he does not have what I have, but it's going to be too late at that point. And there are some short stories that I've seen. I don't know if Asimov I've ever written one. I haven't read too much of his works, but what will I have? have explored things like that. But I've seen other people explore that idea of like, how can a human truly verify? How can a robot truly verify if you're a human, if not by examining you entirely? Yeah, that, that's <laughs> like, just, that's like, that's um, a disaster waiting to happen. Exactly. And that's what I meant. And that's just the first law. If we then go to like the second law where a robot must obey the orders given to it except where it conflicts with the first law, that can be abused extremely easily. Yeah, because there's just no way to identify anything. Like you can't sit here and be like, you can't say like, oh, humans are uh, considerate. Can't say that because not all humans no. are considerate. Humans are neat. Can't yeah. say that because not all humans are neat. And as I said, like if you want to just go physical traits, you can't do that either because all humans are still wild, wildly varied right now. And that's not assuming the robots stick around long enough to see humans evolve. That is true. Damn. Oh, I didn't... Anything can be... Yeah, that's stupid. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's very stupid. <laughs> but that was the point of the laws. That's why he wrote those boring short stories, to show like these are extremely abusable. Yeah, they are. Exactly. That's... God, don't you know the whole world's going to be taken over by robots? <laughs> Let's be honest. We're going to fucking lose. Yeah. So, the next thing I want to talk about that I'm, I think you actually probably have heard this one before. You just don't realize it. Okay. It's, it's from a series of novels. The second novel specifically posed this question. But it's called The Dark Forest Theory. Nope. So, The Dark Forest Theory... Like, which goes along with the Fermi paradox. And the Fermi paradox states that with like how large the Milky Way specifically is, that on minimum, there should be at least 20 other intelligent civilizations out there somewhere in space, mm-hmm. in our specific galaxy, in the Milky Way. Yeah. That's not including everywhere else. Yeah. Just specifically the Milky Way, there okay, should be just... at least 20 other, gal- other civilizations like us. That's crazy. Okay? Okay. So the dark forest theory then suggests if there are, and we're sending out communications, why aren't they? That's interesting. That's a good question. No, but the dark forest theory actually specifically states why they think they aren't. Okay. So in the, in the novel that this is, this is comes from is, as I said, it's the plot of a book, the second in a series that concerns questions of how to best interact with potentially hostile alien life. So it, puts out three things for the argument. One, all life desires to stay alive. Yes? Yeah. Two, there is no way to know if other life forms can or will destroy you if given a chance. Yeah. Three, lacking assurances, the safest option for any species is to annihilate other life forms before they have a chance to do the same to you. Yeah, that's, that's instinct. Yeah, exactly. I not think about this shit. <laughs> so, let's uh, and going back to the novel again, since all other life forms in the novel are risk adverse and willing to do anything to save themselves, contact of any kind then therefore must be dangerous. Yes? Yeah. yeah. As it almost assuredly would lead to a contacted race wiping out which whoever was foolish enough to give away their location. This then leads to all civilized, intelligent civilizations Radio silent. Not progress, not broadcasting, not saying we're here like we are. Right. Yeah. So then, the reasoning behind this paranoia is best explained from a quote or a paragraph from the novel. And this is why it's called the Dark Forest Theory. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. The universe is a dark forest. Every civilization is an armed hunter stalking through the trees like a ghost, gently pushing aside branches that block the path and trying to tread without sound. Even breathing is done with care. The hunter has to be careful because everywhere in the forest are stealthy hunters like him. If he finds another life, another hunter, angel, a demon, delicate infant to tottering old man, a fairy, or even a demigod, there's only one thing he can do. Open fire and eliminate the threat. Damn. And is like, is it wrong? No. <laughs> it's not wrong because I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's natural. It's nothing but instinct to... We, I mean, it's not, in my opinion, it's nothing but instinct to get rid of something before it can kill you. Yes. I mean, we do it all the time. Think about half of the shit that we eat. Right. I mean, we say we got to kill that pig before that killing pig decides to kill us. I mean, yep. I always wondered if there was like aliens out there. I mean, and with the Fermi paradox, like, as I said, like, and this isn't the full Fermi paradox, but the basic gist is like, there must be somewhere. Like, mathematically, there can't not be something else out there. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that we're the only ones. Exactly. It doesn't make it. You're telling me Earth is the only fucking ones that have annoying-ass humans running around. And they're probably not even called humans, too. If this planet can create life, then that means there's something else that has created life, too. There's multiples of something else that has created. Probably more advanced than this planet right now. Yeah, or hopefully, anyway. Yeah. Or at least similar, similarly advanced to uh, us. What if we? Wow, what if they did come in contact to us? That is an important question. That was actually going to be what I followed up with. There is, I think it's Michio Kaku, who is a rather world-renowned <laughs> physicist. Okay. Let me make sure. Yes, yeah, Michio Kaku. So he he done an interview here recently, and they posed a question to him. And they said, you have stated before, you believe within a century we will make contact with alien civilization. So within the next hundred years, he thinks we will. Fuck. 
Are you worried about what that may entail? Is what they asked him. And he said, soon we'll have the Webb telescope up in orbit and we'll have thousands of planets to look at. And that's why I think the chances are quite high that we may have contact with alien civilization. There are some colleagues of mine that believe we should reach out to them. Personally, I think that's a terrible idea. Yeah, I think that's a terrible idea too. And he, he gives an analogy. He says, we all know what happened to Montezuma when he met Cortez in Mexico so many hundred years ago. And I'm assuming you know about that? Yes. No. So Montezuma was an emperor of the Spanish, well, not Spanish, because that was Spain at the time, of a Mexican, South American, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. empire at the time. Like he, they were the greatest civilization, or not the greatest, but one of the great civilizations in that area. Right. The Spanish conquistadors came along, mm. and they made contact with them. And Montezuma was like, oh, let's, I'm, like, you're visitors to my land, let's be friendly, etc. Conquistadors just slaughtered all of them. God damn. Right. Once again, going back to the dark forest theory, when met with an opposing force, your safest option is to eliminate it. Rather than be nice, yeah. That is a bad idea, to contact them. We should just watch them. And then uh, Michio Kaku follows up with, now personally, I think aliens are out there and they would be friendly. However, we cannot gamble on that. Yeah. I think we will make contact, but we should do so very carefully. Yeah, I agree. I mean, these motherfuckers could be fucking crazy for all we know. <laughs> they could be. They could be. They could think we're we're delicious. Right. They could try to eat us. Or like you know, like us as humans are racist towards each other. Yeah. Who's to say they won't see us? We're like, man, two arm, two two leg bitches. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, and imagine how we're gonna respond to that too. Right. Like, think about how long it took us to finally like be next to each other of different races. How you going? How you gonna feel of a whole nother? Um, species gets up in here. We're gonna treat them like shit. Yeah, exactly. And motherfuckers gonna now you're gonna see flags that say my my universe. Right. <laughs> you gonna see, see I support I or flags like I support Earth. I support Earth. <laughs> you're gonna see stuff like that. That's 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 not a good idea. I agree that we should just. I think that we should just watch them from afar. You know. Maybe broadcast them a little bit. We get a camera up there so people can flip onto the channel just to see them. But having contact with them, that's not safe. No, not at all. But And I think it would be safe if we like have enough information gathered on them to be like, they won't immediately kill us. If humans are crazy enough to eat each other. That is true. Apparently we taste like chicken. I heard. Yeah. <laughs> I never decided I wanted to try, but yeah, I've yeah, heard. Yeah. Hey, listen, humans are crazy enough... To lure each other in each other's house, rape and murder and then eat each one another. I promise you that we do not need to be touching anything outside of ourselves. We need to no, figure out ourselves first. Yes. <laughs> and that actually brings up something. Uh, this is a really old social media post I remember. But someone once proposed the idea, like, you know, in fantasy, you have different races like elves, dwarves, mm -hmm. humans, orcs. They, they proposed the idea. They said, what if humans are just space orcs? Oh, who was an orc? So an orc, it depends on which like, mythology you go for. Tolkien says an orc is a corrupted elf. Other places say orcs are just like barbaric, bloodthirsty, green-skinned people. Mm. Yes, yeah, so, you know, stuff like that. But the generally across most medias, the idea of an orc is they want to expand just like as much as they can, kill anything that gets in their way, shed as much bloodshed as possible, etc. Yes, we are. Yeah, no, but no, that's not what they meant. Someone said, what if we're just space works? And someone said, what the fuck are you talking about? No, and they say, like, look, look at us as people, as a species, as beings. We see something like a beach or a cliffside that is like root or like a volcano that routinely kills everything around it. And we go, no, we're going to make a house there. And we're going to make sure we can fucking live there no matter what fucking happens. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we do that shit. I think about it all the time. I've been seeing houses. I'd be like, why the fuck would you put a house there? Yeah, exactly. Like, you have a 75% chance of being fucked up while you're sleeping. <laughs> or, as someone says, like, take, take, like, even other animals on our planet. Like, a horse, for example. They get, like, a broken leg. That's it. They can't survive anymore. They, they're gone. You have yeah. to put them down. Or like dogs, they can't necessarily survive broken bones either without the help of a human. 
right. or anything like that. But we as humans, we have enough sentience and enough like basic medical knowledge where your average human would know, oh, I broke my arm. I need to set it straight. <clears throat> I need to set it straight, put a splint on it, and it'll heal on its own. Right. That's fucking insane, that first of insane. all. Like, compare that to an average, another alien species who may not have the, that super healing like we do. Like, they'll see us break a fucking arm and we just, like, pop it back and set it. And then, like, a couple of days later, we're like, we're good. They're like, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> they would think that we were fucking psychopaths. Wouldn't they? <laughs> they, would think, they would think humans are fucking crazy. Like, for example, like, heart surgery. Yeah. I'm sure that would trip them the fuck up. <laughs> like, did you just go with that person to take their heart out? <laughs> or like when when they do the um when they do them um the artificial hearts yeah. and the mechanical hearts, they'd be like, the fuck? You telling me that person's alive without their main source right now? <laughs> like, we call that shit like being like above ourselves, being like extremely intelligent. We are extremely intelligent. We're so intelligent, we're fucking idiots. Exactly. Like, you see half of the shit that we fucking do, especially on like social media. Yeah. No, it's like um the you know the old Jurassic Park quote everyone likes to do. It's like you thought so long on if you could. You never stop to think on if you should. Exactly. Like, we're fucking idiots. You first, like, first you got these people who go, like, full-blown medical school, do, like, they're, like, neurologists. Like, they need brain surgery, which is fucking crazy. And then you yeah. got motherfuckers that stick fireworks up their ass. Right. <laughs> and then uh, going back on the brain surgery one, before this is a bit of a tangent, but, like, you know there are people who, like, have brain tumors or, like, issues with their brain that they're, like, wildly successful professions. Like, the one I remember specifically on the top of my head was a violinist. Mm -hmm. They were, like, wildly successful as a professional violinist, like, orchestras the full nine yards. Mm -hmm. They had a brain tumor, and they were, like, the doctors told them, we have no idea on if you'll be able to play the violin after we do this. Mm -hmm. So you did, do you want to know what they did? What? Brain surgery while they're awake playing the violin so that if at any point they were going to do something that would fuck it up, they would stop and try a different route. That's fucking crazy. Exactly. <laughs> I could see why they would want to kill us. <laughs> I would want to kill like, If I was from a different like universe and I came over here to Earth, I would try to kill it because it would scare the fuck out right. of me. And with how much we expand, like not even using space horse, we're basically cockroaches. Yeah. With how fast and how much we expand. <laughs> yeah, we are basically cockroaches. And then you turn the lights off. We do some crazy shit at night. <laughs> we are basically fucking cockroaches. Right. And then the final thing that, that all social media posts post about us being spaceworks is also oxygen is a wildly, wildly volatile chemical. Wildly volatile element. It's volatile. Man. Like, it's dangerous. Yeah. Like it's flammable, it explodes, yeah, it we kills things, it touches. The fuck out of it. <laughs> yeah, and we survive specifically off of it. But like rust, it like that's what rust is. It's just water and oxygen wearing away at metal. Yeah, we put we go on the beach and we like to swim around in pools, exactly. <laughs> take baths and showers. Exactly, like, that's what someone proposed. Like oxygen is an extremely volatile element, and we survive off of it. What if we meet another alien race? That doesn't even fuck with this shit. And they're like, you you do what? <laughs> oh, yeah. They were trying to fuck us up. Oh, man. We are the evil ones here. <laughs> we're the evil ones. If you think about it, it is true. Like, like fucking electricity. This shit's fucking dangerous as fuck. And yeah. here we go plugging shit into walls. It was a, the motherfucker who invented it put a kite in the sky to play with it. Like, yeah. the fuck? Like, Oh my god! It's like, oh my god! Like, how, how do you have a sun in your house? Oh, you see, we got this nifty little thing that, it, like, be careful not to touch it. It will kill you. But yeah, but same thing with fire. We true. use it to fucking cook all the time. And, true. Gee, that's fucking weird. Ah oh, man, they would fucking they would fuck us up. They would kill us. <laughs> I would ha I would agree to. I feel like like literally they were sitting there with some type of like gun or whatever to our head talking about you guys are dangerous. I mean. Yeah. For the shit that we do is kind of wild, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> I can't disagree. Yeah, like think like we dominate everything that comes our way. Yeah, like dogs. They were once yeah, we fucking took, wolves. We took wolves and turned them into like a fucking lapdog. Yeah, house pets. That's some savage ass shit. Like we took a wolf and turned it into a fucking house pet. Like. We over here, we're killing elephants and lions and then have the dare to lock people up because they killed the elephant. Like, we're, oh my God, we're killing shit that's bigger than us. 
Yeah, that, I, okay. Moving away from the like, aliens topic, talking about killing shit bigger than us. That's how we, like, back in, not even, like, prehistoric days, that's how humans used to hunt. That we weren't, like, you know, hunt it down and kill it. We weren't a predatory killer. We were, what people used to, what it's called nowadays, I believe, is walk hunting. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, you would get the, like, whatever animal it is, like a saber to, like, a woolly mammoth is the biggest example people use. Like, obviously, it's bigger. It can kill most of us. It can do whatever the fuck it wants. Yeah. You just have to do enough to scare it and make it run and then just follow it. You don't even have to run. You just have to walk after it. Because the moment, like, if you conserve your energy and walk after it, it'll see you and it'll remember, because you're doing this in the short term, it'll remember it's scared of you and keep running. And it eventually will just run itself to death. Damn. Yeah. That's That's how we used to hunt. That's fucked up. That's some my, yeah, I, yeah, they would kill us. Even that's mentally fucked up. Yeah, that's mentally fucked that's some, up. Oh man, I, I'm over here underestimating the human race. We're actually very fucking advanced. We're just fucking idiots. We're, exactly. we're so we're too dangerous for our own good. <laughs> <laughs> we're just too fucking dangerous. One day we're gonna run ourselves to the ground. We are. It's just a matter of time. There's oh no doubt. If they don't get us, somebody's gonna get us. We're, we're gonna get ourselves. Yeah, for real. We are too fuck. I mean, yeah. I mean, thinking about it now. We play with like pythons and shit. You got me seeing it on social media, people with a stick playing with a python. That shit's fucking dangerous. Yeah. They're over here tossing around. We, we swallow fire, mm-hmm. razor blades. We do like surgeries, open heart surgery, <laughs> brain surgery. We amputate legs. Here, take the shot of whiskey and hold still. Yeah, like we consume unnes- um, unnecessary amount of alcohol. That is true. Like we yeah we do like mind altering drugs just for the shits and giggles. Yeah, like okay, one thing I I still think is crazy. I, now I think about it, um, craziest thing humans can do is having a fucking pill party. Where they you ever, you ever heard of those? <laughs> no. They get a okay. So basically, a pill party is you get a big giant bowl. You invite all these people, and everybody has pills. Usually, it's like college students or like teenagers right. and they all grab like their parents' prescription medicines right. or their prescription med- anybody's prescription medicines and they just open them up and they're supposed to, that's how you get in. By having the, oops, by having prescription medicine and dumping it into the bowl, that's your access in. They, they stir it around and they pass it around. Everybody, take a pill, take a pill, take a pill. And they just pop pills all night off of this what mysterious bowl. Yeah, it's called a pill party. What the and they fuck? just they just pop pills like so. You said this literally this random bowl full of anything in there, and everybody that's the fun you get out of it. What the fuck? Yeah, like that's some crazy ass shit. There's that people who like take shit. like three pills, four pills, two pills. Some reckless ass motherfuckers just taking like six, like just popping them over the course of the night. Uh, um. I've been invited to one before. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck I did to make them think I would want to go. Right. <laughs> but I've been invited to one before. I um I did not participate, mm-hmm. but I was there. Oh yeah. To see everything. How'd that go I, for you? Um I was shocked. I that was imagine. a lot of fucking pills. Yeah. I was like looking at the bowl. <laughs> And I was just like, God, the only thing I can see entertaining in this is all the fucking colors yeah. and the serial numbers. <laughs> like, was, like, oh my God, they were passing them around like it was a candy. Oh my God. I was afraid to even drink the water there. I would be too. Oh my God, they were so high. I had to leave. I left. Yeah, I can imagine. Oh my God. There were some people who were knocked out. There were some people who were like high off their ass. Somebody, it was one girl, she was like, I think I got Oxy. I say, what? <laughs> so why are you excited? Right, I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, I think I got oxy. Because there was a, like, this one girl, and she was like a pro at that shit. She picked out the pill. This has to be oxy. Yeah, this has to be oxy, guys. I'm pretty sure this is oxy. I've seen enough to know. Jesus. And like, she pointed at this one dude. I forgot his name. Let's just call him, let's say his name is Jay. He was like, this is your dad's shit, isn't it? You brought your dad's shit. I told you to bring your dad's shit. And the whole time, I'm just like, she told you to bring your dad's shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not stay long for that party. I actually left. I, yeah, I would, too. And I thought cops were going to come. I would have called the cops. Yeah, right. I should have. You should have. Somebody called the cops. Good. But anyway, moving away from pill party. <laughs> <laughs> and moving away, well, actually, moving a bit towards, like as you said with humans, we're like too too smart for our own good and too stupid for our own good. Let's talk about some superstitions. 
Have you ever heard of the story of why you sh if you see a woman in red on the side of the road, you should just mind your business? No, but I would mind my business off of instinct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was actually going to be my next question. If, like, let's say you're driving down a dark road. This happened to me last night, by the way. Oh, so let's yeah. say you're driving down a dark road and you see a woman in a red dress walking in the middle of the road or the side of the road. It doesn't matter. Pick your option here. And you just see her just nonchalantly walking down the side of the road. Do you stop and be like, hey, what's going on? Or do you mind your business and keep going? I would mind my business. She could fucking kill me. The fuck you got a red dress on in the middle of the night walking on the side of the road? Yeah. That's scary. I mean, the devil's stupid ass. I mean, what was, I, that's fucking scary. So the superstition is, and there's like several about this, but the one I'm going to focus on first is the woman in red. And there's a Spanish, um, there's a Spanish one. I do, I'm going to butcher this pronunciation. So I am sorry to anyone listening. It's a La Llorona or La Llorona, mm. mm. which is the woman in red. Yeah, don't sound right. What? I think you, I think yeah. you probably butchered that one. Yeah, I, I, did, I, you know, I was going to this, <laughs> so I said it. But uh, she, the story goes, she had, she was a single mother, quite like in the 1900s, 1800s, I can't remember, who had two children and she was like out doing shit, you know, not with the kids, mm -hmm. like out with men, all kinds of whatnot. And the kids, there's several different legends, but the one that I generally hear is like the kids were playing in a river one day and drowned. Mm. And in, a, in like a fit of rage and a, like just being generally upset, she drowned herself as well. Okay. And the story goes, if you see her, if you see a woman in red near a river, just immediately turn around and walk away. Because if you don't, she will drown you. Why drown me? <laughs> I have nothing to do with but your kids. It's like if, if I wanted to, there's a lot more reasons and a lot more story behind it, but that's just the basic gist of that one. But as far as like, you know, the area we live in, like the country area, like Southern Gothic kind of area, if you know what Southern Gothic is. Yes? Yeah. Yeah. So we live in like a very Southern Gothic area. Mm -hmm. So the rumor, the superstitions I've always heard as a kid is if you see a woman in red at night on the road, on the sidewalk or whatever alone, you just keep going. You mind your business. Don't fucking worry about it. That sounds about right, yeah. Because, and the way I, way I talked to my friends about it last night when I saw this woman in red along the side of the road, jokingly, I asked them, and I said, guys, there's a woman in a red dress on the side of the road. Do I keep going or do I mind my business? The first words out of my friend's mouth, who practices witchcraft, she was like, do you want to die? <laughs> <laughs> but the superstition is, if you see a woman in red, you're going to get possessed. If you stop. If you stop. What? If you stop. Yeah, because it's, it's supposedly a malevolent spirit or a demon. So if you stop and mm -hmm. let them in your car talk to them, they'll possess you. Yeah, I can see that. But nowadays, in like modern terminology and modern sensibilities, the way I put it to my friend who was asking why the fuck we were joking around about helping out a woman on the side of the road, I say it's because she's a woman in red. So I'm either going to get possessed and die... I'm going to get mugged. There is no in-between. You <laughs> <laughs> get mugged. There is no, but you, you know that though, right? Like that's what happens. Like it's, a, it's this big ploy. A lot of people do it. Like they'll have a woman or someone in distress like flagging people down. Yeah, and, then, and then when you get there, you see other people with guns coming out of the woods. Yeah, like, that's oh, true, shit. true. I don't stop for anybody. I don't care. I don't stop for a kid. Right. These kids be the main ones that be trying to fuck you up. Yeah. Yeah, no, so that, that's the superstition with a woman in red. You're either going to get possessed or you're going to get mugged. No in between. <laughs> I, don't, I can't even think of any super... The only superstition I grew up with was don't trust a black Republican. Yeah, and you've mentioned that every single episode it's, so far. I just wanted to make sure everybody understands why you should just never <laughs> trust a black Republican. I, I've always grew up with that. I've literally, that's all that's been told my whole life. We'll be sitting there and someone will be like, what they say you can't trust the black public like what does that have to do with my car right <laughs> <laughs> and another superstition that i didn't know this one my friends told me about last night is a woman never trust a woman in white why okay i don't know that one the superstition for the women in white is like if a random woman approaches you in white and she's entirely alone be careful because it's supposedly a either she's gonna do it or it's a um what's the word 
omen that it's going to be something like that is going to happen to you soon. Mm -hmm. The idea is if a woman in white approaches you, there's going to be a human traffic incident in your future. Yeah, damn, not human trafficking. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. Oh, there was one that was like never. Um, no, I mean this one's easy. Don't trust somebody with daddy issues, <laughs> right? Because they always trying to get something or someone pregnant. Yeah, you're gonna end up pregnant. Mm -hmm. Somebody's gonna end up pregnant. Yeah, and like as I said, we live in a Southern Gothic area, and I'm I'm a large believer in most superstitions of the Southern Gothic variety. I just can't think of anything off the top of my head outside of those two right now. But, uh, oh, there's one. There's one to do with, like, running water and not crossing it. I can't remember what it is. Not crossing running water? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad I don't, I don't believe that one, then, because I've crossed a lot of running waters. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's the, that's a old vampire superstition that a vampire can't cross running water. Really? Yeah, they cannot cross a river. They cannot cross running water. I didn't know that. That's yeah. weird. It's like, you know, the same thing is like why a vampire can't enter your home uninvited. Oh, yeah, I've heard that one. Or why they can't eat, like, garlic and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, before, and then, okay. Oh, wait, I think I got one. I don't know if this is a superstition, but this is a thing that um, was said to me a lot growing up. Um, it was like, if you see, okay, so, right, I'm black, right? So yeah. we, we always say, if you see a black person running, run with them. Right. And we're all, and I remember as a kid, I used to be like, why? Why am I running with them? They're just like, it doesn't matter. Don't ask any questions. Yeah. Run. And then you ask questions when you stop. Because so there used to be jokes of like, just like, you'd be sitting there and then you could be in a room full of like black people and then out of nowhere... They start one starts darting out running, saying that that whole room's gonna clear out. Right. And I'm not even gonna lie, there was times where I would like be tempted to run with that person because apparently that's like saying like they're trying to get rid of, they're trying to get away from something. That's that's a warning. And I I remember I was sitting there, I was thinking to myself, is that like a black call? <laughs> of course, yeah. I got slapped in the mouth after saying yeah. that one. But I can imagine that one. I don't know. I wonder if. I don't know, have you seen somebody running? Would you run with them? Or would you just be like, the fuck is he doing? Uh, it depends. Like, if it's someone I personally know, I would definitely run with them. But if it's like just some random stranger or someone like in a crowd, I'd be like, the fuck? Man, it has to be superstition because literally we will, anybody be like, we will run with them. Right. It could be like a crazy person. They're like, oh shoot, and they're running. We got to automatically just get up and run with them. <laughs> it's just like, they you know we're all out of breath. Who are you running from? Oh, my baby mama, she was over there. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> okay. Um, okay, here's a good one. I didn't know this one, actually. This is really interesting to me now. This is another Southern Gothic kind of superstition. Okay. Never leave a rocking chair rocking. Mm, why? Uh, don't rock an empty rocking chair or else you're inviting spirits. <sighs> Can't even sit in a chair. But I, I do get that, though. Like, you know, you're, cre you're creating, like, open motion. Like, you're inviting the spirit, like, hey, why don't you come have a seat kind of thing. Mm -mm. You don't get it? No, I don't get that one. Okay. Uh, why, why is this object moving means come in? Like, it's the idea of, like, it's a, it, like, rocking chairs are, like, a comforting thing. You know, you sit down, you rock in a rocking chair, you talk. And then to leave one rocking, like, get up and leave it rocking, or rocking it without anyone in it yourself is, like, this idea of, like, there's someone else there. So okay, obviously that, yeah, I understand that part. Because there's times where I see rocking chairs and I be looking at it like, I don't know how you're rocking right now, but. Uh, some of these I've just never heard of and some of these are really interesting. But uh, moving, I don't know if we want to talk about any of these. What? Like palm itching. Who? Your, the palm of your hand itching. Oh yeah, money. It, yeah. Right? Money, money, money. Yeah, you money. get money in the future. Money. My palm is itched several times and I ain't never get. Uh, here's a no funny money. one. People used to believe that if you woke up with crazy hair, it was a sign witches were sneaking into your room and playing tricks on you while you sleep. That's. I. We can't talk about this no more. Why? Because <laughs> I'm going to get very. Um, I'm going to not be able to sleep <laughs> correctly. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, we'll move on. So other topics I had. There's the two more. Fuck? What? What the? What? Why? <laughs> Your Snapchat is weird. <laughs> Snapchat is weird. Anyway, moving away from that. <laughs> there's two more topics I specifically told you I wanted to talk about. I'm going to give you a choice. Wonderlands or the TikTok cult? TikTok cult. All right, deal. So you're on TikTok quite a bit. Yeah? Yeah. Have you ever ran across videos of TikTok cults? Is this like the Illuminati of TikTok? No. I could not. Oh, like like the, um, oh, like those hype houses? Like kind of like that, yeah. Oh my gosh. I think they are cults. So there's one, um, my friend, I was asking some friends for topics for Professor's Insanities. And one of them was like, why don't you talk about TikTok cults? And I was like, TikTok what? <laughs> and they say, you know, like all those cults that keep posting videos on TikTok. And I was like, you're, you're pulling my chain, right? And they're like, no, here. And they sent me a link. So there was a Reddit post. It's called Out of the Loop. And what the r slash out of the loop, the Reddit website for that is, is you go there and you ask a question that's like seemingly popular that you have no idea about. So one of them was, what's up with a TikTok cult? And they say, I've seen memes on TikTok and Twitter referencing some sort of symbol TikTok cult. Is it about a cult specifically for TikTok or is it a completely different cult just addressing its existence? Okay. Okay. So the first, the most upvoted answer was answer. There's a commune. You know what a commune is, right? Yeah. Like a bunch of people living together. Yeah. There's a commune on TikTok that has been posting their address so that more people may join. They have a system of shared labor and shared resources. In the TikTok videos, all of the people feel off and are very obviously forcibly happy. Sounds like a cult. Yep. And they said they also have poorly cared for chickens that were being eaten by a feral cat. Chickens by a cat, a feral cat. Okay, <laughs> do you want to know what their solution to the feral cat eating their chicken was? So, it dance, no. So, obviously, like, what your solution, like, the same person's solution would be like, we need to secure the chickens better, right? Right, like, put them in a better pen, put them in a like hen house, do something where the cat can't get to them, yeah? Yeah, no. What their solution, <laughs> their solution was, we need to kill and eat the cat. I can see that solution. The fuck? I can... What? <laughs> I can see that solution. What? I can see that solution. I can understand that. I mean, I would... If that was brought upon me next to we should protect and secure the chickens, and someone said, okay, but actually, what if we ate the cat and killed it? I would consider it. I would be like, it's not a bad idea. They made the cat skin into a hat. Okay, that's excessive. <laughs> we don't have to, like, use the skin per se. But, I mean, right? So, there's a threat. You can either protect these people from the threat and keep the threat coming on. Or you can kill the threat. The same woman who made the skin, cat skin into a hat made her dog skin into a vest. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> I mean... Like I said, we don't have to do the excessive amount of making accessories. She also went around the commune asking other people to drink the Kool-Aid. You know what that means, right? What, the blood? No. You, do you not know about this? No, why would I know about somebody who makes vested hats out not of animals? That. drinking the Kool-Aid. Is that blood? No. What's wrong with Kool-Aid? How do you not know about this? Let I me find the cult like before I... Do you know about the Jonestown cult, the Jonestown incident, the Jonestown massacre? Any of that ringing any bells? No. So, the Jonestown massacre was a cult back in the 70s and the early 80s. Oh, is, is that the one where, like, they found, like, all of them dead? Because they poisoned Kool-Aid and forced all of them to drink it. Yeah, but then they tell them that there was... No, they told them it's going to take them to, like, paradise or something. Yes, and some of them believed that, but some of them wanted to back out at the last minute and were forced to drink the Kool-Aid and die anyway. Right, I remember that. And they found, they found all of them laying on the ground, yes. dead outside on the field. That was crazy. So, keep in mind, this is a commune, <coughs> and this woman, wearing a catskin hat and a dogskin vest, is going around telling people, you need to drink the Kool-Aid. Oh, shit. Yeah. So the TikTok comments then called her out 
and was like, how that's fucking insensitive. First of all, you know, that was like, while it was a cult, it was also known that it's known as the Jonestown massacre yeah. because there were a lot of people who didn't want to go through with it that were killed anyway. Damn. So they're like, it's, um, that's insensitive, et cetera, et cetera. And then she was like, oh, I've never heard of that though. Even though she had talked about it previously in other videos. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> 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 Hold on a second. Let's let's scroll down more here and see what we can find. Uh the Jonestown cult, by the way, there is you can there's videos and like recordings of what happened online. If you ever want to listen to it and not sleep for a couple days. I'm good. You're, enjoy, you're good? You don't want to I do enjoy that? sleep. I don't know about you, but <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. Is there anything else in here about this? Oh. What? You know what's crazy? What's and up? I proposed this to somebody, and I forgot who, and they did not like it. But I said, have you ever thought of Christianity to be a cult? Some sects of it are. Definitely. Yeah, like, but like today's Christianity. Oh, like general Christianity. Yeah, like, would you ever think of it as it being a cult? I can kind of see it. Like, okay, so I, I, this just came out of nowhere when I was explaining this. I shouldn't explain this to the person I explained it to because they were a minister. <laughs> and I just said it because they asked me what was I thinking about. But I'm not saying it is a cult. I'm saying, like, think of it like this. Like, you go to this place, mm -hmm. some more than others, but let's say you go into it every Sunday. You go, you congregate, you with all these people. You all believe the same thing. You sit there, you sing songs, you celebrate, you rejoice, you listen to this person, talk about it, and all this other stuff. And then towards the end, you, you give your money. <laughs> you give your money and, and then you receive prayer and all this other stuff. And then they send you home and you are told to do other things like pray and pray over your food and continue to save your money for offerings and tithes and stuff like that to repeat the same week over and over. And then it gets to the point where people start becoming like needy and they start like asking like the pastors, the preachers for advice and wisdom and and then you look for prophets, you look for people who can talk to the upper, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. At one point, does that feel like a cult? Yes, definitely. I can definitely see where you're coming from. And I would actually push it a step further and say, like, look at the type of person it attracts. Like, you know, the type of people who, and I'm not saying this is everyone, and I'm not saying it's all Christians, but you could, like, from the area we live in and other places like this, does it not attract the type of people who don't necessarily have another social life, who then get involved in the church, who then are very much accepted and told they're loved by all these people? Yeah. And does. then if you ever try and deviate from the norm, you're suddenly becoming an outcast. They attract people with no social lives. Yeah. They, like, I just, oh my God. Like, what? Listen, listen. <laughs> okay, not this is just total hypothetical, right? Uh -huh. But wouldn't you say that it is a cult because it's some way, somewhere you're you just how most cults start off, like you convince somebody that the there's a there's a god, there's an upper person, right? And that if you do this, you will get this. And the idea is that this will happen. You give your money. It always ends with money, right? <laughs> <laughs> you'll get prayer. You'll get love. You'll get acceptance. You'll get this. you get that. And they all and they do um, always target towards people with no social life. The same people would be like, I don't got friends like that. Right. And then they end up creating friends, but that's within the cult. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would then once again say, like, we're not talking about Christianity as a whole. Like there are like a lot of churches don't do stuff like that or they don't push it that far. Yeah. But in the area we live in, that's a very common theme. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying the churches around us are cults, just in case anybody hears this. It's all I'm hypothetical, y'all. Yeah, I'm all just saying it's all hypothetical. And some churches can display very cult-like behavior. <laughs> Yes, they can. Very much cult-like yeah. behavior to the point where it's affecting what you wear. Yeah. How you speak. Yeah. God, what you eat. 
right? Oh my god! <laughs> just thinking about all this stuff like that to eat beef, can't eat gluten, like pork. Oh my gosh! I would also like to point out we're talking about Christianity, not Scientology. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Definitely don't want any of that on our hands right now. Because <laughs> in a way, would you say that religion in general is like a bunch religion of cults? In general. Yeah. It's just like cults everywhere. Right. And I, I would argue, like, even then, I would argue, like, not all religion, but religion in general. Because you do have, like, secular religions, like, as we were talking about last week, LaVey and Satanism, which I didn't get to explain it then at the time, but I can explain it now. Like, do you, you know what LaVey and Satanism is, don't you? Yeah. Like, LaVey and Satanism isn't, like, you don't worship Satan. You worship yourself. Right. Everything is about making yourself better, about right. being a better person, about doing things better, about et cetera. Mm-hmm. That's what Levian Satanism is. Or like Wiccan nowadays, paganism, witchcraft, all that. Mm-hmm. Like I have quite a few people who are because that's the kind of person I was when I was younger. So I still have friends who are very much into it. <laughs> but like they're, they don't do anything like, oh, I'm not. They're like, I don't worship a goddess, et cetera, et cetera. I just do this for fun and as a way to connect to the world around me. Right. I mean, there are some people that do stuff like that for fun. Like, yeah. And then, I mean, I feel like you can do stuff for fun without it having to be a full-blown commitment. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean. It, it's just that for some people, like, it being a commitment helps them to continue regularly doing it. Helps them cope. Helps them feel like they're doing something in life and that they're important. Yeah. Oh, God. We need to see a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like okay I feel like if you're gonna hop onto a religion because you wanna feel like you're needed yeah you're, you're needed and that you're doing important things you need to see a therapist yeah cause that's not the whole point of some of this stuff is to make you feel like cause okay I see this all the time this is why I said this is why I say it's almost you would say hypothetically what if it was a cult because you have the people we call I call them I call them like newborns when they come into the church because they all respond the same way when they decide that this is what I'm going to do. I must serve God. They all act very fucking strict. Right. You can't do sh- you can't do nothing around them. They act very strict. They get very sensitive when you talk about God. Mm-hmm. They be like, you be like, yeah, but God, I, I. no, God said in the Bible, this, 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 and that. They act like you can't do anything around them. If you smoke a, you smoke something in front of them, they're like, oh, my God, you take a drink and I can't do that. No, no, God wouldn't like. And then it's like when they get older into the church, they start getting a little bit more lenient. And it's just kind of like, you know, a glass of wine doesn't sound that bad right now. Right. Or like, you know, I don't can you light that up right now. It has nothing to do with me. Right. But like I call them like newborns because like they act like they act so dramatic. Right. And it, I feel like that's their way of feeling important, though. Yeah, I can see that. They take advantage of them so hard. I feel like they do. Like, they be like, Brother Thomas. Brother Brother Thomas Thomas. been in this bitch for like a month. Brother Thomas acting like he running this bitch. (laughs) Like, he's just Brother Thomas everywhere. Standing by the preacher over there, standing by the elders over there, putting his hand out to pray, doing all this, going to all the little events that the church is having, being the first one to volunteer and stuff. And then after like four years, Brother Thomas is nowhere to be found, only on Sundays. <laughs> and then one could, I, I, unless you're talking about something, someone specific there, not that you are, <laughs> I would almost argue, one could even argue like, for people like that, there is a certain level of burnout. Like, mm-hmm. they hit that point where they realize no one really gives a shit. Like, yeah. I, listen, no, I'm, not, I'm just bothering people. I can just like do it once a week. It's whatever. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, I agree. When yeah. they get that old, they like, they like, gives a shit. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I feel like, oh my gosh, should I even say this? I have a question, should I even say this? Generally, Before. you know my mantra is, if you have to ask the question, should I say this, you probably shouldn't. Okay, so I'm going to just say it. So there's like a lot of people, like, I'm not going to directly say it, but there's a lot of people I grew around where like, they're older now within like the church. And they're much, very much a, I don't give a, I don't give a flying crap what you do, what's happening around me. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to praise God. And I'm going to go sit in my fucking bubble and just chill. Right. And like every, and there's stuff that get questioned all the time to that, to the person's like, I don't know, kids or something. And they're just like, how do you, how does your parents just 
let you do stuff like that? Or how does your aunt uncle let you do? How does your cousins let you do? Like them being so high in the church or something like that. And I'm like, I don't know. Well, this is what I always say. Maybe because they're just so mature in this shit, they just don't give a fuck. Right, like, and that's something that comes with age. You eventually realize, like, this doesn't matter. Yeah, like, what Billy's doing over there doesn't... I don't give a fuck what Billy's doing. Right. Fucking Billy. Fucking Billy. Anyway. <laughs> right, well, that was a very productive podcast, I think. We're doing pretty well. Cults, yeah. Cults, Cults religion, superstition, science fiction. <laughs> what a broad <laughs> range of topics this week. Sessions. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Shins. But um, for the, uh, once again, for the last few minutes, we're going to do Professor Recommends. Okay. And to segue our religion talk all the way back to the beginning, the science talk. Yeah. I do actually have a short story I would recommend everyone read. It is by Isaac Asimov, the man we were talking about originally. Mm-hmm. It, it, I'm not going to say too much because I don't want to give it away. It does touch on religion a little bit. Okay. It is called The Last Question. Okay. And the basic premise, and Asimov himself, when before he passed away, had like remarked that is like the most favorite work he ever did, mm-hmm. it, and it's a beautiful work in my opinion. But the basic premise is, you know, what entropy is right. No, what is entropy? Entropy is the idea as the universe goes, inter- like because matter cannot be destroyed nor created. Yes, mm-hmm. matter is just a thing that exists. We can change it, but we cannot destroy nor create. Mm-hmm. Energy can be destroyed. And created. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily created, but there's this idea that entropy is that as time goes on within the universe, the universe expands more and more and more. Energy slows down more and more and more to the point where there is nothing left. Mm. Everything goes dark. The suns have nothing else to do. Mm. It's the end. Mm. Okay? That's entropy. So, it touches on entropy and it touches on stuff like that. And the idea is there's this like super AI. His name is, he originally in the story is called HVAC. I can't remember what it stands for, but the HVAC can answer any question that the humanity at the time plugs into it. Mm-hmm. So these two guys are drinking, having fun. They're like, what if we ask HVAC about this? And the idea they pose to HVAC is, will there ever be a point in the end time where we as humans will be able to counteract entropy with enough given energy? Mm-hmm. To like you know create a new or to stop the universe expanding, dying, etc. Mm-hmm. And HVAC responds to them: there is not enough sufficient data to give a meaningful answer. Right. And that's what the story goes around. Like just people, as slow as time goes on, continue to ask this question, and HVAC eventually may be giving an answer, but mm-hmm. on like still like most of the time is going. There is no meaningful data to give you an answer. Mm-hmm. That's what the story is. And it, as I said, it's. It's Asimov, so it's science fiction, but it touches a little bit on religion. It touches on entropy. It's a very interesting read, and I would definitely recommend people read it. It's only like nine pages long. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds very fucking interesting. It's really, really interesting. Yeah, that sounds very interesting. All right, Dude, well. Oh, wait. I forgot. I was supposed to say this in the beginning. I, forgot. I didn't even warn you. But I have a announcement. Um, this is going to get a little ser- serious first, and I don't know why I'm smiling, just because I'm a little nervous. But I had a friend contact me. Um, we don't hang out. We don't do anything. We just kind of keep in contact. We have been since like middle school. Right. But I've had a friend contact me, and she called me, and she was like, "Hey, listen, can I talk to you?" And I said, "Yeah, what's up?" She's like, "I went to a party, and I hate to say that I was." But she says, I think I was raped. Right. First thing I said was, what do you mean, think you were raped? How do you think that? Right. What do you mean? She explained everything. She brought it down to me. And she was just like, I woke up and nothing was correct. And not to go further into her situation, we talked about it. And she says she's not as fucked up over it as she thinks she is. Mm -hmm. But she knows it's going to hit her later in life. But this announcement is basically to say that this happens a lot. Yes. And this is not the first time I've had friends who've told me that they've been sexually assaulted, mm-hmm. raped, of all genders. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you are. Right. It has happened. And all I can say in the replace of and out of respect to her and everybody else, thank you for saying something. And if you haven't said anything, thank you for 
being strong enough to continue your day and being strong enough to process it enough not to end your day. Because there's people who have ended their day and they should feel, you should feel something. You should feel some type of accomplishments that you did not end your day, that you didn't give up. So just thank you. And to the people who are doing it, yeah, fuck you. Because you're, you're, you made somebody feel, you made somebody at 10 go down to one real fast. Taking their confidence, taking their intelligence, taking their last bit of self-control away from them. Just right. to give it all back. Yeah. So I just wanted to say that because that really, that did it enough for me. Um, that was it, Professor. you have anything else to say? Oh, you may look funny. I'm glad you brought that up. All right. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.